Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on T.I., Pete Davidson, Trey Song, JoJo Siwa, Richard Lewis, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. J.A.G. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up in NYC. Up on the train and the radio is all I need. In the fuse and celeb news, I let see. That's entertainment. Who became famous? Number one source of pop culture. Radio or not, we gon' chase it. That's entertainment. Save at Alexis from the ghetto conversation. Gotta make a change in. That's entertainment. Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So baby, don't forget the tune. The bins is nice. The jazz is the better cruise. There is no car. I win cause you playing the to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of the stories today, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656. Press the number one. Make sure when you call, you're serious, because sometimes we get a lot of prank calls on uh, when we live. So please be serious, because I work very hard for the show. If you want to make a comment, again, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656, and press the number one. You can also leave a comment in the chat room. The chat room is now open. So um, I, if you want to make a comment, I can also read it live on the air. Also, we're on Facebook. Just follow us. Just like us, our page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain one That's T-H-A-T-S, Entertain is the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14. That's like the shoe, Stiletto14, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. That's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a cloudy 37 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout-out, like I do every week, to all my listeners here in the U.S. and around the world. Thank you again for hanging out with me on this Wednesday afternoon. So how is everybody doing? How's your week been so far? This week we're going to be talking about um, T.I. He's in the news. Apparently a woman by the name of Sabrina Peterson is accusing the rapper of abuse. And now... um, she is trying to go to to the uh mayor of Atlanta to stop him for for praising this rapper because she um and she also got in touch with another alleged victim of of TI saying that he had also abused her but she is also anonymous also this week we're going to talk about Pete Davidson he's feeling a lot better now after he received his diagnosis for borderline personality disorder we're going to be talking about that Trey Songz got uh on the nerves to fight a police officer in public uh the singer 
uh, got into trouble uh, with the law after he was caught on camera getting involved in a violent altercation. We're going to be talking about that. And JoJo Siwa uh, confessed to all her fans that she has come out. And she had she had addressed a lot of her haters, especially uh, moms who allow uh, daughters of moms who watch her show. We're going to be talking about how she's handling the negative comments about her coming out. And Richard Lewis, if you are a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know he plays a character, or he plays himself rather, on Larry, Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, apparently he won't be, uh, you won't see him in the upcoming news season. I'll tell you why. And he's really bummed about it. Pamela Anderson is giving social media the boot. She's saying so long. She's no longer posting anything on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and I'll tell you the reason why. So let's get started. Uh, another woman has come forward with shocking allegations against T.I. after Sabrina Peterson accused a rapper of abuse. She has got in touch with another alleged victim for the uh for the Live Your Life spitter, you know, on late Tuesday, January 26th, Sabrina went on Instagram Live while she was having a phone conversation with the anonymous woman. She let her followers listen to their whole conversation while the woman on the other side of the phone shared details of her alleged horror experience at the hands of Tip. Tip is also a nickname for T.I. The other woman claimed that she was drugged by T.I., while she admitted to taking a molly, which she consented to, she said that she wasn't aware a joint she smoked was lace. And while she was under the influence, he raped her. Now, this is according to the woman. She additionally alleged that the 40-year-old somehow had police detain her for 30 days trying to get her under arrest for prostitution. Sabrina and the other woman didn't express their sympathy towards others as the uh, the former declared that she won't be silenced again. And on Monday, January 25th, Sabrina accused T.I. of abuse as she made a plea to the mayor of Atlanta to stop using the rapper as a positive role model in the community. Now, T.I.'s wife, Tamika Cottle, who is a.k.a. Tiny Harris, came to T.I.'s defense, posting on her Instagram page questioning Sabrina's claim. And this is what she uh, wrote. She said, um, quote, do you change your mind or change it back? What's up with you today? I'm confused. Stop harassing my family. You're strange. Everybody know you've been special. Face slicing seminar lady. Please get help, but leave us alone, unquote. Now, Sabrina stood by her claims, though, and clapped back at Tiny, saying that it is hurtful and disheartening that the woman I stood for, whose back I had, now turn around saying the things you're saying. She dubbed the former escape member disgusting. Sabrina additionally had a message for Tiny, whom she said was her former friend. She said, quote, don't ever let loyalty kill your moral compass. Don't ever let money kill the person you are within. You know what happened. I know what happened. I'm the smallest bit of your worries, unquote. Those are some serious allegations. Those are some serious allegations. And she wants to go and 
talk to the she she's she wants the mayor of Atlanta stop praising TI. But you know, whenever you have a big entertainer who's bigger than life, who's very famous and they represent their city, usually the city itself uh put them on a high pedestal, they give them keys to the city, they're like royalty, they representing their city and they feel good about it. But if these allegations are true, this is not looking good. And you know what? Sometimes when you take these allegations, you know, you got to take them seriously because it could have happened. She's alleging this happened, and then it might. You know, if if T.I. has nothing to hide, take this woman to court. Take this woman to court because this is some serious allegations. Uh, Pete Davidson felt so much better after receiving his diagnosis for borderline personality disorder, he said during a candid conversation with fellow film star Glenn Close. The Saturday Night Live comic spoke with Close for Variety's Actors on Actors series and shared that learning of his BPD diagnosis several years ago provided clarity in his life. Now, this is what Davidson said during the video chat. He said, quote, I was always just so confused all the time and just like thought something was wrong and didn't know how to deal with it. And then when somebody finally tells you, the weight of the world just feels lifted off your shoulders. You just feel so much better, unquote. Now, Davidson shared his story after Close spoke about her sister who struggled with substance abuse and was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at age 50. Davidson, who's now 27, told Close he's glad her sister received a diagnosis. The King of Staten Island actor has been long vocal, been vocal about his diagnosis with borderline personality disorder and the importance of mental health awareness. The National Institute of Mental Health says borderline personality disorder is often characterized by an ongoing pattern of varying moods, self-image, and behavior. Trey Song definitely. Uh, got the he 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 definitely got the nerves to he he got the nerve to fight a police officer in public. The rapper has landed in trouble with the law after he was caught on camera getting involved in a violent altercation with a cop during a football game between the Kansas City Chiefs with the Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday, January twenty fourth. In in the footage of the incident obtained by TMZ. The singer was seen having a scuffle with the police officer. He threw a punch on the cop's head and got him in a headlock. The cop, however, fought back and managed to pin Trey to a seat. Now, according to eyewitnesses at the stadium, the cop was the aggressor. It's reportedly started when Trey was being heckled by some audience who sat a few rows behind him. The Peterburg native asked him to chill out, but the officer approached Trey and went after him without warning. The source said that Trey appeared to get caught off guard and try to defend himself, and in the video, fans were heard yelling at and asking the officer to get off Trey until more officers arrived. They demanded that the, they, that the said officer be arrested. The other officers eventually separate Trey and the first cop, and they put the uh, singer in, a handcuff, in the handcuffs. Now, he was later booked for trespassing and resisting arrest, which are both misdemeanors. He also is facing a low-grade felony charge for assaulting a police officer. 
Now, this isn't the first time for Trey to have been accused of assaulting a police officer. Back in December of 2016, he was arrested and charged with felony assault of a police officer and misdemeanor aggravated assault for injuring a photographer following a performance at Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. It was alleged that the singer began throwing objects after the venue cut his concert short due to an 11.30 p.m. curfew, and to, had to, he struck the officer with his fist. Trey, uh, Trey, he pleaded guilty in August of 2017 to two reduced counts of disturbing the peace and was sentenced to 18 months of probation, substance screening, and anger management classes. In June of 2018, he was sued in federal court by the Detroit police officer who claimed that he suffered a career-ending brain injury and had to undergo a hip replacement due to the singer's attack. Wow. Um, you know... I love Trey Songz. He's talented. He's good looking. He can sing his behind off. But it's like he's coming unhinged lately. He was, you know what I'm saying? It's like he's now becoming the bad boy of R&B all of a sudden, you know. And these are some serious um, claims, you know. And for Trey to be fighting, you know. You know, black people and police don't is a bad combination. You know what I mean? Because you 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 step up to an officer, you try uh, exist arrest, or you 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 know you could get shot, you can get pinned down on your neck. It's just a bad scene, and for him to allegedly to do this. It's it's just not worth it. And, you know, Trey Song is a respectable, uh, successful R&B singer. He's also a father now. You know, he, uh, he, he just had a brand-new baby last year. So this is not good. This is a really bad look for the singer. And uh, I don't want to see Trey Song go to jail. You know, and he, I think he got some, he's putting out new music, he has an album out, it's just not a good look. But I I just, I don't know, it's like all of a sudden he's just becoming this bad boy of R&B all of a sudden, because he was never like this. And, you know, a couple of years ago, in 2016, I remember when he was arrested and charged with uh, the felony assault on a police officer. I remember that, and I remember he was uh, angry after they had cut short his concert because of 11.30 p.m. uh, curfew. So I remember that incident. Uh, Just not a good look. Ugh. Right now we have uh, here 14 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about the show, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and that way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, make sure you uh, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash that'sentertainment.ru. Radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. That's T H A T S Entertain and the number one. Um, if you can't listen to the show in its entirety, you can always come back and listen to the shows uh, through the archives right here on BTR. We also post the the uh, 
show on our Facebook page and our Twitter page if you can't listen to the show in the whole entirety because it is an hour show and sometimes you know if you can you can get if you're able to listen for the whole entire hour I really appreciate if you appreciate it if you can I understand because you know people got things to do so uh thank you once again uh tuning in week after week showing me the support we are like we've been here for like uh, this, think our eleven, twelfth year here on the network. So uh, again, once again, thank you everybody for your support. Uh, JoJo Siwa, a gay confession, may have cost her a fan or two, but that doesn't seem to bother her. The YouTube personality has responded nonchalantly to a person who publicly canceled her after she came out as a lesbian. These uh, fan turned hater took to the comment section of JoJo's latest Instagram post to express her changed opinion on the star, declaring that she won't allow her daughter to watch the 17-year-old videos ever again. And catching wind of the negative comments, JoJo simply responded with, okay, I mean, that's your opinion, you know, this is a free country, you know. Um, in the video itself, which she captioned with, Happy girls, so, so happy, JoJo addressed her coming out speculation. While she said that she's the happiest she's ever been to be part of the LGBTQ plus community, she said that she's not ready to label her sexuality. You know, a lot of people uh, who are very conservative, who are that that are into traditional family values, you know, whenever a celebrity comes out as a gay or um, they are trans, you know, that changed their whole outlet, and especially if their children follow this particular person. So that she was just the latest celebrity, you know, in this case, to finally confess and she's happy about it, but again, you can't, a lot of not everybody's going to be happy with the news, especially parents who children watch her show on a regular, and now she's coming out that she's gay. So there's a lot of you know families who are very conservative that don't like that kind of thing. Uh, Richard Lewis is crushed. That's right, because of the multiple surgeries he has undergone over the past year means he won't be able to start in the 11th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Now, the 73-year-old comedian actor has starred as a semi-autographical version of himself in the hilarious show alongside creator Larry David since its inception in 2000. However, Lewis broke the news to fans on Twitter on Monday, January 25th, that he'll be absent from the upcoming 11th season. Now, uh, Lewis wrote, quote, saying, Tragically, this past 18 months, I endure a back and two shoulder surgeries and not be able to be in Curb Your Enthusiasm for season 11. I'll be watching, unquote. Now, Lewis added in a statement to Variety that he's more than a little annoyed that his health battles have cost him a role in the show for the next series, explaining for 20 years he had to, he was the great, it was the greatest comedy gig he had ever imagined with his oldest and dearest friend, who happens to be Larry David. He's really crushed about it, that he won't be a part of the season. Uh, he said, for, quote, for sure I'll be screaming with all the other Curve fans when the new season start. Hope to be there for season 12, unquote. The previous season started Susie Esman, Jeff Garland, 
Cheryl Hines, Richard Lewis, J.B. Smooth, and Ted Danson. Pamela Anderson is giving social media the boot. The former Baywatch star announced on Tuesday that she will no longer post to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. She said this will be her last post on all the social medias. Anderson started off the caption, which accompanied a sexy throwback photo of her on Instagram. Now, the 53-year-old blonde bombshell revealed that she'll never be interested in social media, and her decision comes from reaching a point in her life that she's genuinely inspired by. She says she's enjoying reading and being in nature and declared that she was free. Anderson also implored others to find their purpose and try not to be seduced by wasted time. The Vancouver-born mother of two implied that big tech companies are seeking control over people's brains. This is what she said, quote, what they want and can use to make money. That's what she added without naming any specific companies. In a similar announcement on Twitter, she wrote this, goodbye social media. Aside from Instagram, Anderson had 1 million followers on Twitter and nearly 900,000 people who follow her official Pamela Anderson Foundation account on Facebook. Yeah, a lot of people I notice more and more, and not just celebrities, just more and more everyday people are saying goodbye to their social media platform, especially Facebook, uh, where you know people are just getting annoyed with it because people are just posting all their, you know, all their travels and having all these things going on in their life where making people might feel depressed or um, making them feel like, wow, you know, I wish I had that going on in my life. And then they're posting all these happy things and travel and doing things. Well, somebody might have just a boring life and might say, wow, I wish my life was like that. You know, they want to live vicariously by them by just looking at their uh, social posts. But, uh, yeah, more and more people are just saying goodbye to Facebook. They're saying goodbye to Twitter. Some people feel nobody's talking about anything. Um, Some people feel that every time I put a comment on my social media, people are hating. They're putting negative thoughts. They're making rude comments. So they're just, just saying goodbye altogether. Uh, The Great Gatsby is seemingly heading to the small screen. According to a new report, A&E Studios and ITV Studio America are joining forces with writer Michael Hurst to develop a big-budget TV adaptation based on F. Scott Fitzgerald's iconic novel. The Hollywood Reporter claimed the project is set to be a closed-end miniseries with Hearst, whose credit includes Elizabeth, The Tudors, and Viking pending the script. He will also serve as executive producer alongside Groundwell Production, Michael London. Now, Fitzgerald Estate will also involve in the planned series Blake Hazard, a uh, great-granddaughter of Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald and a trustee of the estate, is on board as consulting producer. Meanwhile, Columbia University's William B. Ransford, professor of English and Comparative Literature and African-American Studies, Farah Jasmine Griffin, joined as a consultant on the series, working directly with Hazard and Hearst on the drama. The new re-imaging is set to explore New York's black community in the 1920s and the music, musical subculture. 
It will dig deeper into the hidden lives of its, of its characters through the modern lens of a fractured American dream while also capturing the full majesty of Fitzgerald's timeless uh, vision. No network has been attached to the project as of now. And Warner Brothers studio chief has shut down reports suggesting they are developing a Harry Potter TV spinoff series. An article in The Hollywood Reporter hit headlines on Monday morning, January 25th, when it was claimed a new live-action Potter project was in the works at U.S. streaming service HBO Max, which is backed by Warner Media executives. The report alleged bosses were currently searching for writers to pen a potential series set aside the world of the hugely popular J.K. Rowling franchise, although it failed to offer up any further details as the talks are said to be in the very early stages. However, officials from both Warner Brothers and HBO Max have since disputed the rumors. Now, Roland, who controls the rights to the franchise, has yet to comment on the news. Her Harry Potter fantasy books have already spawned eight feature film adaptations starring Daniel Radcliffe as the boy wizard, while a prequel movie series titled Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them have all, has also been a huge hit with fans with a third installment due for release next year. There was also a stage production, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which served as a prequel to the books. It kicked off in the West End in 2016 before branching out to Broadway in 2018. It won multiple accolades, including Best Play at Laurence Olivier Awards and Tony Awards. Uh, right now, we have here uh, 25 minutes after the hour coming up. We're going to be talking about fallen R&B veteran Chico DeBars. Apparently, he has a new set of legal problems after he was arrested for driving under the influence. And Hollywood veteran Jane Fonda, she's getting ready to receive a special award at the 2021 Golden Globes. And John Boyega and Robert De Niro are teaming up to star in a new movie for Netflix. And Spike Lee's The Five Bloods has been named the best film of 2020 by members of the National Board of Review. And actress Lori Loughlin's husband, he will not be leaving prison early despite his health fears. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
abuse and was later arrested in 2019. He previously checked himself into a rehabilitation clinic in 20 uh no, in 2007 following another drug possession arrest and went on to name his 2009 solo album Addiction. Chico DeBar's latest arrest came months after one of his sons, Dante Anderson DeBar, was killed after being stabbed in Los Angeles. Dante was reportedly found on the street with multiple wounds. The 54-year-old musician also has four other children. You know, I'm surprised um, he didn't uh, give his uh, most famous brother, El DeBarge, name up. Uh, the name that he also gave was well, the name he gave up was his older brother James, and James DeBarge allegedly has a history of drug abuse as well. Uh, there's a show called Growing Up Hip Hop where James DeBarge's daughter was on the show, and during the whole time on the show, she was trying to find her father and saw him out there on Skid Row. That she they they was telling her that he was out there on Skid Row doing drugs. Now, uh, I don't know what came out of it, but, uh, yeah, her, her James DeBarge, he had his issues with drugs, too. But um, And, see, here we go again. Here's another talented singer who just heading down the wrong track tracks. And, you know, he could be – and Chico DeBarge, I mean, he's not as well-known – I mean, he's known, but he's not – at the level as his brother El DeBarge is as, com- as far as his uh, musical career, but he he got the talent to be up there. But they they this life of crime and drugs just seems like they just gets the best of them. Uh, Hollywood veteran Jane Fonda will receive the uh, Cecil B. DeMille Award at the 2021. Golden Globes. The Oscar-winning actress' career spans several decades with credits in iconic films such as uh, Barbarella, Clute, Barefoot in the Park, Nine to Five, and in the Netflix show Grace and Frankie will be, will be presented with honors at the event taking place in Los Angeles on February 28th. Fonda is a double Oscar winner and has triumphed seven times at the Golden Globes. Previous Cecil B. DeMille Award honorees include Tom Hanks, Oprah Winfrey, and Jeff Bridges. John Boyega and Robert De Niro are set to star in The Formula. The pair had boarded uh, boarded the cast of the new Netflix movie, which is being directed by Gerard McMurray. The plot centers on a Formula One racing prodigy, played by Boyega, who is forced to become a getaway driver in order to save the only family he has left. McMurray is writing, director, and producing the film for his newly formed production company, Buppy Production. Production of the project is not expected to begin until Boyega and De Niro have finished with their latest projects. John is set to star in the sci-fi comedy They Clone Tyrone, while De Niro has been cast in David O. Russell's new untitled movie in which he will star with Christian Bale and Margot Robbie. Meanwhile, John Boyega is currently riding high on the critical success of his latest project, Red, White, and Blue, which is part of the anthology series Small Acts by Steve McQueen. The anthology series won Best Picture and Best Cinematography at Los Angeles Film Critics Association Award. It also got multiple nominations at Chicago's Film Critics Association Award and a nod at Boston Society of Film Critics Awards as well as the Independent Spirit Award each. 
and Spike Lee's The The Five Bloods have been named the best film of 2020 by members of the National Board of Review. The Netflix drama has also landed Lee the Best Director honor, and the film has also won Best Ensemble, while the late Chadwick Boseman, one of the film's stars, has been posthumously honored with the NBR Icon Award. Meanwhile, Riz Ahmed, uh, continue his bid as an Oscar frontrunner, picking up best, uh, best Actor for Sound of Metal. And Carrie Mulligan has been named Best Actress for her role in Promising Young Woman. Ahmed co-star Paul uh, Racy has also been honored with the Best Supporting Actor prize. And uh, actress Lori Loughlin's husband, Mosebo Janouli, uh, will not be leaving prison early despite his health fears. Lawyers for the fashion designer petitioned lawmakers for an early release, citing coronavirus fears, but a judge overseeing the case has shot the request down. According to new legal documents obtained by TMZ, the judge insists that uh, Janouli, who is serving five months behind bars for his part in the 2019 college admission scandal, didn't give compelling enough reasons to spend the rest of his sentence in home confinement. Massimo was in solitary confinement when the request was first filed. He has been let back into the general population. The judge insists prison officials are getting better at handling COVID issues, so uh, John Newley has to stay put. His wife, Lori, served two months behind bars and was released in December of 2020. The judge sided with the U.S. attorney who previously opposed that Mosimo Janouli requests for early prison release. And besides jail sentences, the couple were slapped with fines after pleading guilty to offering up bribes to help their two daughters score places at the University of Southern California. Yep, yep, yep. And you know what? Some people thought he was really going to get an early release, too, because they thought, oh, you know, when it comes to celebrities and when they break the law and when they get arrested, they're treated differently from common folks who are breaking laws every day. But uh, the judge said, nah, you stay put. Uh, FKA Twigs uh, face vile racist abuse during her relationship with Robert Patterson. The singer who was engaged to the Twilight actor before their split in 2017 has opened up on the hurtful and ignorant comments she received from some of his fans throughout their romance. Now, speaking to Louis, uh, Louis Thoreau on his Grounded podcast, Twig said, quote, people just called her the most hurtful and ignorant and horrible names on the planet. He was they're white Prince Charming, and they consider he should be with someone white and blonde, unquote. The, the singer's real name is Talia DeBrett Barnett, admitted that the trolls made her hate her own appearance and that the bullying had a psychological impact. Twigs also insisted while she was never denied her past, including her previous relationship with Robert, she is keen to point out that neither of them should be defined by it. In the same interview, FKA Twig also offered details of her alleged abuse relationship with Shia LaBeouf. She claimed that Shia banned her from making eye contact with any other men. She said that it got to a point where that she's look that she was looking down all the time, and that it does a lot to someone's confidence. 
She also said he would punish her if he felt she didn't touch or kiss him enough during the day. The actor allegedly started an argument with her and made numerous unfair accusations against her to make her feel like the worst person ever. Mm, mm, mm. Girl, thank God you got out in time. A judge has approved a $17 million payout to the woman who accused Harvey Weinstein of sexual misconduct. Bankruptcy Judge Mary Walrath overruled the objection to the settlement from some of Weinstein's victims, insisting that without the payout, the plaintiff would get minimal, if any, recovery. Judge Walrath reasoned that 83% of the claim claimants in the case have expressed very loudly that they want closure through acceptance of this plan, that they do not seek to have to go through any further litigation in order to receive some recovery, some possible recompense, although it's clear that money will give them that. The money which will come from the liquidation of the Weinstein Company will be split between more than 50 plaintiffs with the most serious allegations receiving payouts of 500000 or more. In addition, the company's director and officers, including Harvey's brother, Bob, will also receive releases which absolve them of any potential liability, enabling the disgraced producer's conduct. Prior to the settlement being approved, 39 of Weinstein's accusers had voted in favor of the payout, while eight were opposed. Those who will still oppose to the settlement will have the option to forgo their money if they want to continue pursuing their claim against Weinstein outside a bankruptcy court. Weinstein is currently behind bars after he was sentenced last year to 23 years in jail for rape and sexual assault. And Juno star Elliot Page has filed for divorce with wife Emma Portner just weeks after coming out as transgender and non-binary. The Oscar nominee, formerly known as Ellen Page, wed Canadian dancer and choreographer Portner in early 2018. According to TMZ, Page filed legal papers in New York to end the three-year marriage. The actor, who initially came out as gay in 2014, was first linked to Portner in 2017. Page announced the change of pronouns to he and they in December, and Portner publicly expressed her support for the star, commenting on his Instagram post saying, quote, love you so much, Elliot, unquote. Representative for the pair has yet to comment on the split news. The divorce came more than a month after Emma Portner deleted her Instagram account. She has since activated her page again. It's unclear what prompted Portner to briefly remove her social media, but she previously received mixed reaction for refusing to address her own gender identity. She eventually concluded her statement with a thank you note to her online followers. And Lisa Hotchstein has been held responsible for throwing a star-studded house party in Miami amid the coronavirus pandemic. More than a week after she and her husband, Lenny Hotchstein, hosted the bath, the former star of The Real Housewife of Miami was reportedly being slapped with more than $3,000 in fines. A Miami official told the outlet that the couple was ordered to pay a total of $3,250 for hosting a party on January 16th. Miami Herald has also reported that they were ordered to pay $250 in fines for another party being held a week prior. The house teams were cited by the city official for the unreasonably loud, excessive, unnecessary, or unusual noise following the two Saturday night parties. It was also noted that law enforcement would continue to monitor their property. The party that took place at the house team's house 
was uh, attended by a slew of celebrities, including Gucci Mane, Little Pump, and Little Baby, 24K Golden, Post Malone, Tyga, Scott Disick, and YouTube personality Jake Paul was also among the attendees. In the video that had surfaced online, Maine could be seen taking the stage while fans gathered around the stage did not have their mask on. He was dancing and rapping along with the guests. Another footage displayed pump rapping with Dominican recording artist El Alfa. And as for Baby, he entertained the crowd by performing his song, Drip Too Hard. People are not taking this seriously. Not taking this virus seriously at all. 16 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. from Zane and Vibes. Right now we got 13 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, actor Brian Cranston 
Krez a little luck for his career-defining role on Breaking Bad, as he would have had to turn the job down if his TV comedy, Malcolm in the Middle, was picked up for an eighth season. The actor became an international star thanks to his role as teacher-turned-drug-kinpin Walter White on the cult TV drama, but amidst the part almost went to someone else because he was almost tied to playing TV dad, Hal. Appearing on Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Haynes' Smartless podcast, Cranston revealed that he would have had to pass on the Breaking Bad pilot if an eighth season of Malcolm in the Middle was picked up in 2006. Food Network has taken action following the arrest of Worst Cooks in America winner Ariel Robertson and husband Jerry Robertson in relation to a murder of their foster child. It has been reported that has that it has decided to pull season 20 from the cable channel uh, that VOD offering. Additionally, the entire season that featured Ariel is not available to watch on Discovery Plus, Hulu, and YouTube. Meanwhile, past season and season 21, which premiered earlier this month, are available to stream. Now, according to police, Ariel and her husband Jerry was arrested for the death of a three-year-old girl and was charged with homicide by child abuse in South Carolina. They are currently being held at the Greenville County Detention Center without bond after the judge denied their appeal for release on bond on Tuesday, January 19th. They were accused of being responsible of the death of Victoria Rose Smith, a foster child who was living at their residence. According to police, they responded to a call about an unresponsive juvenile victim last Thursday, January 14. The toddler was found unresponsive at the couple's home in Simpsonville around 2.25 p.m. She was then rushed to Greenville Memorial Hospital, where she was later pronounced dead. The coroner determined multiple blunt force injuries were the cause were the cause of death. Arrest warrant issued following an investigation revealed that the injuries were inflicted by the Robertsons. Garth Brooks made sure he was COVID-free for his performance at the presidential inauguration last Wednesday by taking a test just before he hit Capitol Hill. The country star who performed Amazing Grace a cappella after Joe Biden was sworn in as America's 46th leader was criticized for shaking hands and hugging all the former presidents and first ladies in attendance, maskless after his appearance, but a representative for the singer insisted he had taken every precaution in advance. The rep tell U.S. News show today that Garth had tested negative for COVID-19 for three days prior to his performance and again uh, hours before his performance in Washington, D.C. Brooks also faced criticism for from his more conservative fans for agreeing to sing at the Democratic a Democrat Biden inauguration, but he responded, quote, this is not a political statement. This is a statement of unity, unquote. Garth Brooks recently reached out to Lady Gaga on social media to thank her hair and makeup team for helping him to get ready for the presidential inauguration performance. How nice is that? Lady Gaga offered her glam squad to Garth Brooks. (laughs) Bruce Springsteen. Barry Gibb, Alicia Keys, and John Legend are among the stars set to join music mogul Clive Davis online for the first of two pre-Grammy award celebrations. The iconic producer is known for hosting extravagant events on the eve of music's biggest night of the year, and he has already planned to throw a party ahead of the 63rd annual Grammys before it was moved from January 31st to March 14th due to coronavirus concerns. 
Now Davis has decided to press ahead with his January 30th bash and simply make it a two-part virtual celebration with the first show featuring 20 of his favorite live performances from previous years. He will also welcome stars including Springsteen, Gibb, Keys, Legend, Rod Stewart, Gladys Knight, Sean P. Diddy Combs, Earth, Wind and Fire, Jamie Foxx, and Jennifer Hudson to share their memories with Davis. And this is according to uh, the New York Post, page 6. The industry heavyweight will then hold his second digital event during the new Grammy weekend on March 13th. A source tell page six, in addition to some extraordinary, insightful interview with some of the biggest names in music, Clive is compiling a never-before-seen tribute to the greatest live performances of all time, not just from his party. He's keeping everything under wraps until the evening itself, but is totally over the, over the top. Guests expected to make online appearances for the Grammy Eve celebration include WAP, hitmaker Cardi B, and Megan Thee Stallion, Quincy Jones, Cindy Lauper, and her. Swiss Beat and Timberland are hoping to bring Tupac Shakur and Notorious B.I.G. back from the dead for an online rap battle royal. The two dead hip-hop heroes are part of the dream matchup for the producers' PAL versus event. Swiss Beat and Timberland created the online back catalog battle initiative at the start of the COVID lockdown and has brought together the likes of Snoop Dogg and DMX, Alicia Keys and John Legend, Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle, and last week, Ashanti and Keisha Cole. Now the duo are masterminding a rap battle between the slain rivals. Now this is what Swiss said. He said, quote, my dream one, I want to figure out how to do Pac and Biggie in a way that people are going to really love it, unquote. He and Timberland are also considering a Prince and Michael Jackson battle during the series on Instagram Live and Apple Music. Competitors are take take it in turns of playing a song from a list of 20 from their discography as fans, friends, and fellow artists watch on. A winner is later decided by Timberland and Swiss Beats. The latest episode of Versus saw Shanti and Keisha Cole during, doing a music battle. The two were late during the episode, but fans had to wait longer for Keisha to show up. And Genesis has rescheduled their reunion tour again while giving fans a look at their stage set. Phil Collins and his bandmates announced the news on Twitter on Friday, January 22nd, explaining dates are now set for September and October. The trio has originally planned to hit the road between November and December 2020, but it was pushed but it was pushed those dates back to the spring due to the coronavirus. The new dates are part of their first tour since 2007. The last Domino Tour 2021 will consist of 19 shows in Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and England. The band released We Can't Dance, their last album with Phil Collins in 1991. After his departure, they recruited Ray, uh, I'm sorry, Ray Wilson for 1997, Calling All Stations. It was the group's last album before they went on hiatus. Meanwhile, Phil Collins released at least four solos albums following his exit from the band. He dropped both sides in 1993, Dance Into the Light in 1996, Testify in 2002, and Going Back in 2010. He announced his retirement from music in 2011. The musician is unlikely to play drums again due to health issues. He said in an interview that he would love to recruit his 19-year-old son, Nicholas, to take over drumming if the Genesis reunion came about. 
And Lady A has become the Grand Ole Opera's latest inductee. The Knee You Know hitmaker was invited to become members of the opera during a taping for an upcoming TV special celebrating the Tennessee venue 95th anniversary. Darius Ruckers, who joined the opera in the Opry in 2012 officially asked the trio to join the surprise invitation, and it will air during the Grand Ole Opry 95 Years of Country Music, which premieres on February 14th. The group, then known as Lady Antebellum, made their Grand Ole Opry debut in 2007. The band made decide to shorten its Civil War-associated name to Lady A in response to the national conversation about racism last summer. And Bob Dylan and Universal Music Groups are being sued for $7.25 million. The legendary singer-songwriter sold the rights to his entire song catalog, which include tunes that span his 60-year career, to the label in December for over $300 million. But Claudia Levy, the wife of the late Jack, Jackie Levy, uh, has claimed her spouse estate has not received any money from the deal. Uh, Levy, who died in 2004, co-wrote uh, seven of the nine songs on Dylan's 1976 album, Desire. And Claudia insists in a claim made to the Manhattan Supreme Court that his estate is owed 35% of any and all income earned by the composition, including 35% of the pri- uh, purchase price paid to the Dylan's defendant. The suit highlights the fact that Desire topped the Billboard pop album chart for five weeks and the double platinum selling record was ranked 174th on Rolling Stone magazine's 500 greatest albums of all time. Levy Company and his wife asked for their rightful share of the sale to UMG around a week after it was completed last month. But the, like a Rolling Stone hitmaker and his company, have refused to pay out the court documents alleged. And the court papers claim that the refusal followed a pattern of Dylan not giving Levy songwriting credits throughout the years, including in 2019's Martin Scorsese film, Rolling Thunder Review, A Bob Dylan Story. A lawyer acted on behalf of the Blowing in the Wind singer, insisted there was no money owed to the estate. Wow. Well, guys, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy jones Gill. Have a safe week. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Make sure you're social distancing. Take the test and uh, so we can all soon get back to the world that we know it. Have a great day. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>